What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky franchise. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Very spooky. Very, well, kind of currently popular franchise. Yes. Very gory. Very... Grungy. Grimy. Very crimey. Mm-hmm. Very piggy, <laughs> if you will. Um, I'm very excited about today. This is something that I have been wanting to do for a while, mm-hmm. and I have been teasing it and teasing it, and we have finally gotten a chance to do it. We are going to be taking a look at every single Saw movie today, and... We will be doing a homies definitive ranking of the Saw movies at the very end. So we will once again be coming up with a list that is for the homies, not for us individually, um, but one that we feel like is a good ranking for the two of us, which will be very interesting because as we've discussed many times, I'm a little bit of a champion of these movies whilst Roshane is not. Not. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. am not. To clarify, though, I am not a champion of anything past the third film. Yeah. I am of the camp of people that think this franchise should have died, but it has proven year after year after year that it still has a heartbeat and continues to live despite all of my hopes and dreams mm-hmm. of it just finally going to rest. Yes. The horrors persist for Roshane <laughs> when it comes to this franchise. I wouldn't say you're not a hater of it by no. any regards. You're just, you tired of it. Yes. Quite quickly. Yeah. I was, when it came out the gate, I was honestly a diehard Saw fan, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not even something that's strictly for Saw. I feel like a lot of franchises, once you get past movie three and four, that's typically when a lot of franchises will lose me. Unless it is, you know, keeping the steam and keeping things going like Scream or something like that. Well, like Scream was. But (laughs) um, for the most part, I feel like once you get past like trilogy length, you got to do something really inventive to kind of keep my attention. Okay, I definitely can see that for sure, for sure. I am one of those people, I think, for me with Saw, I am such a fan of death games and really gory films that I think Saw was almost the gateway to that for me in a sense. But also, I think because that sort of a foundation is so simple and that's what I'm going to saw for and I was never really going to saw for a specific plot I think that's why it's so easy for me to accept new installments into the saw franchise because I know exactly what 
I'm wanting and expecting from these films. And for the most part, that's what I receive. Um, I think that's why this particular series has always been very easy for me to accept when they say, Saw's back, baby. I said, of course it is. I never questioned for a minute that it wasn't going to be. Even when they got rid of people, started bringing those people back, the way I didn't like raise an eyebrow at any of that was crazy like the way I was willing to just accept everything that was going on insane but Saw is one of the few franchises where I just kind of don't care like I don't mind that element of it because as long as there's traps I'm a trap queen right I mean (laughs) at, at the end of the day that is simply what I am and I will continue to come back to the Saw movies as long as I am promised a good trap and I will give Saw that throughout the the franchise. The one thing that they did keep going is the traps. Like they, yeah, they knew at the base level what people were coming to these movies for, and they at least tried in each installment to make sure mm-hmm. that they delivered on, if nothing else, some gory traps for you to enjoy these poor characters going through. Yes, that is always there in spades. Uh, so. Like I said, if that's what you're looking for, this is kind of the blueprint in a way. We've had many imitators, uh, some successful, most not. But still Saw is popping up in the year of 2023. We just got a brand new Saw. Potentially 2024 as well. Most likely. As far as big franchises go, like... It's not it's not the longest running one. Mm-mm. I mean, so what? We're at 10 now. Mm-hmm. It's at least it's um, past Scream. It's past uh, Fred. No, nah, it hasn't passed Freddy. Well, Halloween, we might actually have more Halloweens. Now, OK, at, at this, this point, point. Yeah, that's true. All right. So it's not it's not at the top of the list, but it's up there now. Like it's <laughs> mm-hmm. it's battling with with the Titans in terms of like longevity at this point. Yeah, it's a contender for sure. And the thing about it, too, is that it's still successful. I mean, that, Saw that X thing, yeah. did extremely well. Now, now, I will say I think this was a very consistent franchise. We had one basically every single year at the same time. Yeah, every I Halloween think, for yeah, several years in a row. You knew Saw was coming and would probably dominate at the box office until it was kind of knocked on its ass by paranormal activity. But I think that that was just a shift in what audiences were craving at the time. But now, I think especially now that there's pauses between the Saws, it builds that excitement back up. So, yeah, Saw X did super super well um jigsaw did really well i actually don't know about spiral i don't know how successful that was but it was from the book of saw it wasn't technically saw so you know that one is kind of a weird one i would not i imagine it was maybe right in the middle i don't know maybe but still it's going to be a part of this conversation and our list which despite our differing points of view for the most part our countdown list this year was uh wasn't too different. It wasn't. Yeah. So as you homies know, when we do these countdowns, we like to meet beforehand and go through our individual lists and then find a middle ground. Yeah. Which we did, of course, for Saw. I will say, yeah, for the most part, our our least favorites and our favorites were about the same. Yeah. Like our top two, three, and then our bottom two, three were about the same. It was kind of in the middle that we differed on. But 
as is in fashion for us, there was like one or two where we were on the exact opposite. Where yep. it's like that movie was a top for me and you hated it. And then <laughs> yeah. vice versa. We were we, we were knocking and bucking in the middle section. We did. It got a little I got a little hot. I felt <laughs> it. I was like, mm. I was I was saying some things that I could see on your face were um disrupting the peace that is between us and you know a little bit. <laughs> I was getting a little heated, but it's just because it's soft. And I guess I feel a little bit heartfelt towards my favorites so that was the only reason that i was a little bit salty because <laughs> i just thought roshane doesn't love you like i love you but yet i'm fighting him for you that's what it felt like but it's okay we got a list we got a list which like i said will be revealed at the very end of the episode mm -hmm. um so stick around for the official homies ranking this episode will have spoilers. We will be talking in depth about the full Saw story. So be prepared for that. Yeah. Uh, this will be a spoilery episode. But we will be going in order of when the Saws were released. Um, when they were released. Not like chronologically when they're supposed to happen. We are going in order of when these movies came out. Mm -hmm. So... Sit back once again, relax. Similarly to our last episode, we've got a lot of ground to cover today, and we'll be talking about a lot of things today. Uh, so kick up your legs and join us as we go through the entire up to this point Saw franchise. What? What? What the hell? Where? Where am I? What happened? Hello, Roshane. I want to play a game. For years, you have tormented me with your disdain for the Saw franchise, even going as far to say, we don't need anymore. Despite knowing that there are plenty of people out there who enjoy the series, many that would consider you a friend. In front of you, you'll see all ten Saw films, including Spiral. I want you to watch all of them. Wait. Once finished, you will rank them and prove yourself worthy of Jigsaw once and for all. The choice is yours. Are you willing to accept these films for your freedom, or will you be trapped forever in your ignorance? You decide. Please, wait, we could, we could talk about this. Wait, Erica? Is that you? Hmm? Who? Erica, I can, I can see your hair behind the mask. What's up? Eric, girl, if you do not unchain me, we are already doing the episode. I'm already here. I agree to this. Okay. Uh, you, you know what? what? You, you right, you right. Uh, uh, you know, uh, let me get, let me, I'll be right. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> All right. Well, starting off with the OG, the original, the first Saw, which came out in 2004, directed by James Wan. Uh, so this is the movie that started it all, right? This is this is the granddaddy, the grandfather itself. Saw, we got two individuals. We got Adam and Gordon. They wake up in a bathroom. They're chained to the walls. They don't know what's going on. They find these tapes. Oh, yeah, and there's a dead body in the middle of the floor. They find mm -hmm. these tapes, tells them they got to play this game. One of them has to survive. The other one has to kill the other one. There's also a police thing happening in the background. Stuff happens, betrayals ensue, mm -hmm. and the film ends with a reveal of the killer, and yeah. we are locked in the bathroom because we didn't win the game. Um, Starting right off of the gate, 
I will never forget watching this movie and seeing that twist. I think without a doubt, Saw, like this original Saw, however you may feel about all of the other elements of it, that twist is absolutely fantastic. I mean, and set off a precedent that we will have for the rest of the movies, whether we like it or not. <laughs> this right. idea that there has to be a twist at the end. Yeah. That is not always successful, and to be quite fair, will never be as successful as this very first one. Oh yeah, now this very first one, it hit, it hit. There, there's no way around it. Like especially with us not really seeing anything like this before, minus mm -hmm. like maybe stuff like Seven and whatnot, which I feel like this pulled a lot of inspiration from. Uh, the whole John Kramer reveal that he was there the whole time. Ten out of ten. Like that visceral feeling of how did he do that was so real now granted since then watching the movie several times over i will say somebody at some point sometime pointed out the fact that you can definitely see that he's still breathing and i can't unsee that <laughs> every time i watch it but the feeling of that reveal is still there it's so it's it's excellent, honestly. And I what I will say about Saw, obviously, as the first, this is also the simplest yeah. of the films. And there is uh, you know, that is going to be something that I think as they get bigger and bigger and we get more traps and we see all of the elements that they could be, I think over time, maybe the original saw doesn't feel as visceral and like as strong and knowing what it does, what it can be. However, that being said, I do think that the first saw still has one of the strongest stories in its simplicity. Yeah. And the fact that we're just following two people locked in a bathroom, kind of having to just figure out this mystery. And then at the same time that this is happening, having this side plot where outside we're trying to figure out a mystery and also inside we are mm -hmm. and the way that it unfolds, it comes together. I think that also like Gordon and Adam are some of the easier characters i think to get on board with that being said i do think that saw characters aren't always the easiest to want to follow yeah. but starting here i do think that adam and gordon are some of our easier characters to be along for the ride with and that ends up working out i think in this movie's favor because like i said we're kind of locked in this bathroom with them yeah for the majority of the film but it it's okay like that element of it is still enjoyable and also i think being with gordon's family that's something that we don't see very often throughout the rest of this but there's like a aspect of it that feels very scary also following like his wife and his daughter mm -hmm. and what they're dealing with like i think all of that is very successful yeah, I think that the simplicity, you're right, was very key to this one because, like, on the two levels, a lot of times with most of these Saw movies, you got the game that's happening and then the police story that's happening in the background. 
The first movie does a great job of combining those two elements of the police story that's happening about like trying to figure out who Jigsaw is and like trying to get this whole John Kramer Jigsaw connection going while simultaneously telling the story of, you know, Gordon and Adam in this room and trying to figure everything out. And one of the things that the first movie does benefit from is the fact that we as the audience don't know the rules and the game yet Mm -hmm. because this is our first time into the saw universe we're learning how all this stuff works alongside with these two characters i feel like that's one of the reasons that makes it so good is because Mm -hmm. it feels like you are participating in this mystery as they're trying to solve this mystery which I think that feeling kind of goes away in the later ones once we kind of get the formula yeah. down and we understand how things are going to go. But it works really well in the first one because there's so much like, okay, what's going on here? Like, who is this Jigsaw guy? Yeah. Like, how does he work? And like, et cetera, et cetera, trying to figure these things out. Yeah. And also, too, I think the this is one of the few. This is honestly probably the only one because after this, we kind of start to get into crazy ridiculous unrealistic territory this is one of the only ones that i remember being afraid of because i thought that this could really take place that somebody could like actually do this yes and someone could judge you in this way because a lot of the traps in those ones this one is they're very simple they seem very easily put together, very plausible. And I truly used to think in my life, like, I'm a good person. Like, I didn't do anything wrong to deserve this. But at the same time, I think that this is the most. Mm, this one to me really felt like, OK, yeah, I um, I I'm not down the path that these people are down in the way that like Jigsaw decides to judge them. Although I will say I don't think Adam truly deserved to be there. <laughs> I don't quite think that oh, his no. crimes were nearly as bad. Um, and that's something we'll talk about the the gray area of Jigsaw's moral judgment. Yeah, wait, wait, no, we could we could talk about it. we could talk about it because I think honestly. The trickle of that started in the first movie, like right, right out the gate, um, and that that is one of my few honestly cons about uh, the first movie and like our first introduction into John mm-hmm. Kramer is I feel like the longer we go, it does teeter totter, but there is more emphasis put on this whole like judging particular people for particular reasons and like trying to give them that new lease on life, where right. in the first film. We already start establishing some holes in that logic. I think the most egregious one for me is the fact that Gordon's family is involved Has in his. Has to suffer because he's having an affair and because he was like a mean doctor. Like or that like logic to me. I'm sorry, that, that don't make no sense that he's the, he's the one, he's the wrongdoer. But if he messes up, his wife and daughter die? Yeah, and that honestly gets worse. Uh, later on there's one particular like bad instance of that for me but yes it does start in this one because when you think about it yes they do not deserve to be involved in this plot at all and it's not even it's the idea that they're going to die just because gordon failed his test now what did the little girl do to you because she didn't even she ain't know nothing about nothing that was happening now all of a sudden she got she about to get shot because uh oh boy can't cut his leg off i just thought that that i just think he's a little bit crazy a little bit of a leap a little bit of a jump like i said and that's the thing 
Jigsaw is a little loosey-goosey, uh, but I think that that's what's kind of scary about him is because you think, oh, I'm, I don't do these sorts of bad things, so I'm safe. But then you could just be caught up in the wrong situation, know the wrong person, inadvertently get pulled into this trap. Acting is a little bit shaky in this one. There's like, a, the, obviously this movie was low budget, and I think that it works well in this film. There's elements of this that, get carried over into the other ones despite them having higher budgets that become kind of what you expect from a saw movie such as the really quick cuts the really fast montages the driving sequence is the funniest thing in the world when um (laughs) (laughs) when when danny glover is driving following zep and they're like it's like a green screen behind them and their elbows are really high and it's so funny but um yeah it's it's a great it was a fantastic start like obviously there's a reason that they said we gotta do another one uh which leads us into saw 2 the sequel and saw 2 like i said the we had back to back to back saws so saw 2 came out 2005 uh this one was directed by darren lynn boozman and was written by lee winnell who was also adam in the first one and saw 2 the thing about all the so- saws is it's a continuation of the story. So I, I, that's a that's a cool thing about this franchise, but also something that I do think can be a hindrance is you kind of have to know what happened previously. Yeah, for like to, most of them. There's a couple outliers yeah. that you can watch by themselves, but for the most part, yeah, it is kind of uh, episodic in that way. Is that is that the yes. right term? Yeah. Yeah. It almost is like a soap opera in in certain senses in the dramatics of this franchise. True, I see it. But yes, it's very episodic. You can watch a movie and not necessarily have seen the first one, but there will be little callbacks. And and for the most part, Saul loves a flashback. So Mm -hmm. you will probably get filled in eventually. But some of the the whoa moments of remember this character or remember this piece of paper that you didn't get to read in the last movie here's the front of it now some of those ooh moments you might not really might not resonate with you if you haven't seen the previous one but in this one uh we actually get to follow a group of people who are being tested by Jigsaw. As they are going through our their test, we also follow Eric Matthews, who's police officer whose son is partaking in the latest test, who has come face-to-face with Jigsaw to see if he can save his son and get all of the answers that he needs. We also see a re-emergence of Amanda, who was a smaller role in the first one, to becomes like a basically main role in this one mm-hmm. saw two for me is like everything i love saw two saw two for me it takes what happens in the first one and elevates it successfully i think what i love about saw two and which you'll realize i like about a lot of these some of the movies that come in the future i love the group games mm. i love when we're following a bunch of different people and each person has a very specific game. I sometimes feel like I prefer those than the single person who it's like it's just their game. Yeah. And they're like kind of making decisions for people. Yeah. I got issues with that later on, too. So I feel you. 
like I, I yeah i like watching each person do their game in this one we get a little bit of both because like i said we have a group dynamic and we do get to see specific games for each person but then we also have a villain inside of the group who starts to kind of force everybody's hands mm -hmm. honestly if there's an element of this movie that i don't like it's probably that i i think xavier you you, you wasn't messing with xavier it's not that i don't like xavier it's just i think that's the thing i like the least about this movie mm. is how intense <laughs> xavier is in the way that he starts to kind of overtake the game. I think as a whole, it works really well for the story. But right. that's literally the only part of the story that I'm always like, okay, we gotta watch freaking Xavier kill Jonas again. <laughs> that, that part's unforgivable. That that yeah. was that was slimy. That pisses me off. But at the same time, I, I do think it's realistic mm -hmm. that and it is another element that we'll see reoccur is there is going to be a strong person that will always come out of these games when we have the group ones there is always like a very overbearing personality who kind of takes charge or decides to put themselves first mm -hmm. so it makes sense it just a lot of the later half does become like xavier just chasing amanda and daniel around yeah it, absolutely but for me it worked just because it upped the stakes in terms of we have the situation with Daniel, right, where he's kind of like the character. I feel like both he and Amanda, when you start mm -hmm. the movie, are the ones that you kind of feel the worst for because it almost feels like they got the short end of the stick. Like Amanda's already done a test and survived and now she's back in another one. So you kind of feel for her for that. And yeah. then Daniel is just like, well, you're just there for the nature of Jigsaw wants to fuck with your dad. So yeah. That's why you're here dealing with Once all of this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so like having that coupled with this whole connection between like a lot of these people are connected to Daniel's father and like that whole will they find out that connection and like what that what effect that's going to have on Daniel's safety, I think mm -hmm. is especially for your first time watching this movie, a pretty good way to elevate the situation. Um, mm -hmm. But like also in that same world, you get introduced to the idea that like, OK, all of these people are criminals that Matthew's put away. But then as you get to know more about each of them, like you get to learn their ins and outs. Some of them, some of them go quite quickly and we don't learn too much about yeah. them. But like characters like Jonas, for instance, where it's like they got a bad side, but like also in the moment they are trying to survive and like work yeah. together in some way like. We get to see the layers of these characters, and I think that that aided with the group dynamic for me. So it was like it was interesting every time we went back because it was like, all right, we're seeing traps, we're seeing more of these characters, and then we're also kind of waiting to see whether or not these characters find out who Daniel actually is and what happens there. Like all right. that for me was pretty dope, and I also enjoyed this whole game that john is playing with matthews where he simply is like just talk to me that is your game if you can sit here and talk to me mm -hmm. I'll, I'll let your son go like that was very compelling in terms of like a setup but also <laughs> i feel like through that right we learn about john's backstory and how he became jigsaw and like yeah. his crash and like all this stuff and Although it's, like, nice to get the background information after seeing the first movie, it's like, yeah, you do want this stuff. 
it does make me once again kind of raise an eyebrow to John just as like a moral character and like just his morals and in general. Let's talk about the base level here, right? The guy's got cancer. Things aren't going well. And mm-hmm. like this leads to him wanting to like end his own life. Like I understand being at that level of rock bottom and like making that choice. But for me, it's just like that mental and moral leap to be like, all right, well, I've got a new lease on life. Now it is my solemn duty to go through the world, find other people who don't appreciate life and force them yeah. to appreciate life better. There's a little bit of privilege to that. I'm sorry. That's like it's look. a little it's a little bit of a leap for me. The thing about it is John at the end of the day is a psychopathic narcissist. And I think that the only reason that he comes off with this demeanor of like calm, cool and collected is because Tobin Bell has that sort of a presence. And I think that's good. I want to be clear when I say I think Tobin Bell is consistently a highlight of this film of these films. And I think you really feel it when he's not there anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Because to me, I mean, the cancer, it's so important to Jigsaw's character, but it is kind of a bummer that he, like, dies. Because <laughs> right. it's like, oh, shit. If it could have been Jigsaw around, very present the whole time and not just in flashbacks, I honestly would have loved that. But at the end of the day, Jigsaw is a psychopath. And I think he has a very moral high ground element, which we see, we'll see even a little bit later in his story when he's like talking to Jill about how she like, she tries to save drug addicts and help them. And he's like, they don't want to change. He's very judgmental. Yeah, and like very, judgmental. very not understanding that some people have the short end of the stick in life and therefore make bad decisions. But like, they're not trying to be bad because there's a difference between some of these people he tests where they literally murdered people and then other people who like smoke cigarettes because yeah. they're stressed out. There's like <laughs> a very big janitor. difference between that. <laughs> but John holds them all to the same regard because to him, they're misusing their life and what they've been given. And if it was up to him, he would live for fucking ever, but he yeah. can't. And so, yeah, John is just insane yeah, but he, 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 he he's like, insane with with a slight sense of morality to him and right there i will admit there is a bit of fun to this whole notion of the fact that he himself john slash jigsaw doesn't truly technically kill these people i mean he mm-hmm. does but like he off he does offer them the choice and you know as we get further along whether or not they have that choice becomes a bigger plot point. But right. the fact that there is like an opportunity for these people to survive, the, despite the fact that a lot of these people shouldn't be judged the way that he's judging them, it does add a layer to his character, I will admit. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> at the same time, though, it's just like, again, his... His gauge for who deserves this punishment and what degree of severity their punishment is, is all over the place throughout the entire franchise. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. He picks and chooses what he thinks is deserving. I will say, I think it works. He's a very fascinating character. So I do think it works at times. I will say, though, he even goes back on the whole thing that's fascinating about him is he's a 
a character that has a very specific code that he's like die hard, die fast about that really gets messed with when we start to get all of these apprentices, mm -hmm. which is, is that's the reveal of this movie is that Amanda is working with Jigsaw. Great reveal. Great twist. I think the bigger twist to me or the, the twist that I find the most exciting about this movie is the idea that the game, this was all pre-recorded yeah, and that, uh, yeah, if, if, Eric had just sat and listened to Jigsaw and but like and just waited, he literally would have found his son and everything would have been fine. I think this is like the first instance that we really see somebody like totally not pay attention at all to the very clear rules put in front of them and suffer the consequences for that. Cause Eric, you're not Jigsaw bitch Matthews, learns nothing throughout this film. <laughs> no. But um yeah, it's like Jigsaw has a very specific specific code that he sticks to that I just think gets a little bit muddy at times and it only irritates me when it feels like it's they muddied it to up the kill count mm -hmm. rather than it being like oh okay Jigsaw is just being Jigsaw and like doing stupid shit some of these I'm like this feels so mean <laughs> and I don't know why it's here um but in this movie we don't really have that issue because you know, everybody is like a criminal. So to Jigsaw standards, everybody here deserves it, in his opinion. Uh, besides uh, besides Daniel. Daniel yeah. is like a little nuisance, but at the same time, he's just like a child. Doesn't necessarily deserve <laughs> to die. And like... No, no, no. <laughs> and so my understanding, right, is that Amanda's basically there just to make sure that Daniel makes it through the game. Yeah. Yes. She's just there to make sure keep an eye on Daniel and also I think just to make sure that everyone plays the game as meant to be but I, yeah I think her biggest reason for being there is to be the bodyguard for Daniel because it's like sure what if Daniel died in the house that's what I, yeah and that's the thing I don't think that they had foreseen that Xavier would be such a fucking menace to society mm -hmm. um I do feel like that does kind of sh shake her to the core when <laughs> she realizes that they're going to have to duck and roll out of there real quick. Um, but yeah, Daniel Smooth could have died. I think that was Amanda's main reason for being there was <laughs> to make sure that Daniel was okay. Which girl, if I was Amanda, even if I had been down to clown for Jigsaw, the minute I get pushed into a needle pit, right. I'm done. That's my last day at work. Which I freaking conic. Like, yeah. People will say the bear trap is the most iconic thing, which it, yeah, it is because it's a staple. But like, the first trap for me that like really, really hit me, I think was the needle pit. The, yeah. the Venus fly trap, like, head smash one, that mm -hmm. one's pretty gnarly too, where Homeboy has to like cut the key yeah. out of his eye. I that also like the oven one in this in this movie too yeah so like any like any of those and like people getting burned and like stuff like that like those suck but there is just something so visceral about that needle pit that to this day shakes me to my core like to this day yeah i still can't really watch it i'm just not i can't do needles anyway but yeah it's rough <laughs> um <laughs> but speaking of traps that actually leads us into saw three mm -hmm. which for me has one of my favorite traps Mm, same same <laughs> so talking about saw 3 which came out in 2006 same director basically same writer as well um so this story john kramer is now too sick to operate right he's gone full-blown like cancer's about to ruin me 
Um, so this one is more Amanda now that she's been revealed as the apprentice. This is mm-hmm. more kind of her running things um, while kind of overseeing this one of uh, this one like last trial that John's trying to kind of get done here. Um, she kidnaps a, a doctor to help try and keep John alive, kind of traps her into the situation where if John dies, she dies. So she's kind of forced to help him stay alive through this. While on the game side of things, we have Jeff, who's a character that lost his son, um, who is very vengeful towards the people who are kind of responsible for his son's death or who are involved around his son's death. And his whole trial is basically learning to forgive and kind of let go of all of his hatred and malice and whatnot. Um, And this one for me still kind of kept that same vibe of like trying to up the ante and like explore different things within the Saw franchise, which I did Mm -hmm. enjoy. But also I do think three is one where they were like, okay, we kind of, we kind of did it up in Saw two. We got to kind of up the stakes with some of our traps because like at this point in the franchise, now that we've had two films You've got kind of like different groups, I think, emerging of Saw fans where you got like Saw fans that are going there for the games and the gore. You got Saw fans that are going there for like the mystery and the de- the detective aspect of things. And then mm-hmm. you maybe got like kind of like casual people who are just like, well, I saw the first two, so I'm going to go see the third one, too. Um, but mm-hmm. I feel like they were very aware of that and were trying to kind of facilitate this movie to kind of work for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie has a lot of elements. I think that make it really successful. I think one of my favorite parts of this movie is this is one time where we really get to see John and Amanda and kind of the dynamic of that relationship and really see them interact a lot. And I do think that that is a, their relationship and the way that they both feel about the work that they're doing is it's I like I think that that is captivating to watch. I, I that's why when we cut back to all the stuff with them and Lynn, it's just as interesting to watch as the trap stuff, which is not always the case in these movies. But I enjoy both elements in this film. I think that the medical stuff with Lynn is pretty gory and honestly is almost just as hard to watch as the traps and. The idea that Lynn is connected to Jeff, like that was a great twist in great my opinion. Twist, but still another innocent person that got thrown into this whole jigsaw. Who? Lynn. Uh, Lynn was smooth cheating on her husband. Okay. Well, fair. Not that I'm saying that that's enough of a reason for <laughs> her to be thrown into a jigsaw thing, but Lynn was not completely Fair, innocent. fair. <laughs> Although later, although I will say, and this is another thing, like uh, later movies will change the truth behind what happened. So it's like the whole time, the whole time you think part of the reason that Lynn gets shaken is because she's connected to Jeff, she's having an affair, et cetera, et cetera. But then later on, you find out that like Gordon like recommended her. her. Yeah. Yeah. fucking gave her a little indeed recommendation (laughs) to jigsaw and you're like okay um but at the moment in time we don't know that that's that's fair that's fair but like 
I agree with you. I think that the the back and forth was pretty good in this one, and the mm-hmm. twist was also really good, too. The weirdest part of this movie for me was the kind of, like, I enjoyed exploring the relationship between Amanda and John, but the relationship got weird for me in this one, where, like... <laughs> And I think I think it's partially because of the later films and like how we kind of retcon what was really happening in three that right. bugs me more. But it's like this is like the first movie where we kind of establish this idea that, oh, does Amanda like love John now after all of this? Like, has she fallen for him? Like, what does she mean? Like, what does he truly mean to her and all mm-hmm. that? And I I don't know, like I could see it being somewhat of a natural progression of things with their particular relationship. But I really kind of enjoyed it more when it was very strictly like you are just here to carry on my mantle versus, um, oh, maybe there's like a mini kind of love story happening here. Well, and see, I've never felt that. Really? Okay. I always the way that I always perceived it is that for John that is still the case is he always expected Amanda to kind of just take up his legacy. And he was a very like, he was a mentor to her, but at the same time, I think because of Amanda, she turned it into almost like a father role that he never was trying to be like, he wasn't trying to be her dad, but I just think that because he like, showed her attention and took her under his wing and kept continuing to say like i care about you that's why i did this to you blah 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 blah. i think she just took it as oh he really does love me and like i'm very important to him in his life and anytime that she felt like he was giving that same kind of attention or affection to someone else it pissed her off Mm -hmm. because i think she wanted to be the most important I think she wanted to think that she was more important to him than she actually was. Than anyone else. That's yeah. that, That's fair. I think she was just obsessed with him. And I think at that point in time, he was like dying and he was like, you're the only one taking care of me. At least we think she's the only one taking care of him. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> so that's another thing too. It's like finding out that there was also Hoffman and finding out that the, like the animosity between him and Amanda. I think that was also another thing is that she was probably jealous that there was even another apprentice or anything like that yeah person helping even though she was even though hoffman was there first it's like yeah what the fuck (laughs) it gets it gets twisty it gets turny the further you go down in this franchise but what i do think worked well in three that personally i don't feel like transitioned well into the other films is i feel like three was the first time we introduced the idea of traps that did not have a way to win And I think as a shock factor Mm -hmm. thing, that worked well in three for me. Because, Mm -hmm. like, the end of the day, John's messed up morals aside, he still had some slim opportunity to allow people to survive these traps. And so, like, this notion that there is now a jigsaw that is just vengeful, that is just straight up a serial killer putting people in twisted traps, not to teach a lesson, but just to punish them, that, again, for the, like, progression of this story and these characters i thought that was very smart and i thought that Mm -hmm. was a good direction to like start taking things because it adds a new layer of mystery of like oh has john kind of lost his way as he gets closer to death etc etc yeah i agree and then yeah to find out that it's amanda and then that's scary because like okay now what because at the end of this john dies and so it's like oh shit okay so okay amanda's dead john's dead it should be done but if someone else takes up the helm and does what amanda was doing then yeah it's like an impossible 
an impossible task because yeah we get to see some people who should carrie deserved to survive and and wasn't she able to she got done she got done real dirty but also um real quick i will say the rack the rack one of my favorite favorite traps it's horrifying to watch it's actually really really sad um to watch despite the fact that we know that this person did do a bad thing yeah. it's like they they didn't choose to be punished in the way that they were punished they just got like a light sentence or like kind of got off without having to really serve their time but i'm like that's not his fault but anyway um jeff that is <laughs> jeff's lackadaisical nature within this film <laughs> slow is, ass jeff is as they one say of, is one of the hardest elements of this film because i think that this is one of the better representations of a single person going through traps and deciding whether people get to live or die and like i like jeff's like his progression journey. yeah i like he, that by the end he doesn't really learn anything yeah. but my issue is we have the same kind of a thing with jeff over and over again where he'll get to a trap he'll let all of this time pass by and then in the last 10 seconds think i'll save him and then try and then like get to their body twice he does it he does it with the girl and he does it with the uh the frozen girl he gets to her and he's like ah, even though she's clearly elsa at this point she's gone <laughs> he's like ah, and then he does it with the rack where he's like the man's head has done a full exorcist spin and he's like are you okay like that shit pisses me off with jeff <laughs> yeah Je uh, jeff's pace is a problem absolutely yeah yeah, put a little pep in. We need to get him some coffee <laughs> before he started the test because, yeah, he he was he was doing too little. But <laughs> that's not the only time we will have a single person going through and doing a test. And surprisingly, where Jeff was too slow, our next person is too fucking fast. Too fast. Too, too quick. <laughs> too fast, too furious, which is <laughs> what Saw 4 is basically. Uh, Saw 4 came out in 2007 it was directed by darren lynn boozman and the screenplay this time was by patrick melton and marcus dumpston so once again we have an old character who comes back and is now a main character which i do think is fun like having these minor characters that we see and then they come back later it makes it feel like okay, this really is all connected. We're mm -hmm. really all in this. Why the fuck? This play, This town always feels like Gotham. I don't know where we're supposed to be, but it's all, like it's the grimiest, darkest, grungiest, dirtiest. dirtiest. <laughs> like the way I would move immediately. I mean, it kind of, yeah, for basically the whole time that we're in this first saw before we start to get like the resurgence. Yeah, it just feels very like can we get a superhero like we need someone <laughs> where somebody is to, to help yeah truly i'm like waiting for him to come down from the shadows but um this time we get to follow officer rig as he mm -hmm. has to go on his test uh which <laughs> his test is basically hey you can't keep bursting in a door trying to save everybody you gotta slow down that's basically what his test is but then at the same time we we have Hoffman with FBI agents Strom and Perez. Uh, that is our main side story is all of them trying to once again figure out who Jigsaw is, figure out how Rick is connected to it and figure out what happened to Detective Eric Matthews 
who don't hope you didn't forget about him. He's still a part of the story. Okay. First of all, this is probably one of my least favorite trap, like first traps, mm-hmm. the mausoleum trap. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just think it's so whack. I, I The main thing that I hate about it is I hate, they did it for a dramatic effect, but it's this whole like hear no evil, speak no evil. So one guy has his mouth. Or see no evil. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry. See no evil, speak no evil. So one guy has his mouth sewn shut so he can't communicate. And then the other guy has his eyes sewn shut so he can't see. And they're like battling against each other. But the thing that pisses me off is as soon as the trap is over, as soon as the guy who had his mouth sewn shut wins, he breaks his mouth open. So like You could have done do that the that whole earlier. time, bro. The only thing that is fucking them up is the fact that he can't communicate. And then all of a sudden he says, oh, maybe I'll just pull my mouth open. Nothing happened. He didn't get anything to help him do that. He just decided to do that. It was for the dramatic effect of it. And it's like, bro. That that (laughs) trap was so painfully one-sided. It's ridiculous. Like you, if you were the I person, you're screwed. Like there's just simply no way that you win that. Yeah. And it's like. Yeah, you're, you're, you're fucked. Because it's like the whole thing is, well, he's stronger. He's bigger. The man can't see. And he has no fucking clue what's going <laughs> he's on. He's like no being idea. dragged by his neck. And he doesn't know what's happening. So, of course, the other guy wins. And it's crazy because the other guy wins. And he still has another trap or another <laughs> test. That wasn't even the main. Like, that was the starter. That was the appetizer test. He still has a full test he has to go to. I just thought that was crazy to me. Yeah. Um, Which, again, kind of bleeds into this idea of, like, whether or not people deserve to be judged and then whether or not they deserve to be judged again. Um, Yeah. Whereas, like, the second time around for some of these characters feel like you're fully being punished because if you weren't being punished, we'd be lacking a person to finish this particular test, which seems mm-hmm. a little bit unfair. Like, it feels like you just didn't have enough people show up to work that day. So you just pulled somebody back in. Yeah. I just, I, I would have been pissed if I was in. I mean, like, again. <laughs> it's like, it's my day off. What do you what mean? What did I do for, what I, I just did this. I just ripped my mouth open. Why am I here? <laughs> Um, we do find out that this man is connected to every like thing else that's happening within this trap. So that's why he has to suffer again. Mm-hmm. But still. Um, okay. We also, this is like our first real, real introduction to Jill. We get like a little bit of her in the third one. Cause With she, some like, like flashbacks and whatnot. Yeah. She's like dancing in the sunlight and John's <laughs> mind. Um, but this is when we really get to like talk to her and meet her. I really don't love Jill. She's like not my favorite character in this series. Yeah. I, I don't mind her, but I feel like what's done with her and to her ultimately was a misstep, but we'll get, we'll get to it when we get to it. I agree. I don't love what's done with her. Um, This is when we start. This is when we really start to go in a direction that I don't like about the Saw franchise. I don't love the police side plot. That's like my least favorite part of the the movies. Mm -hmm. And this is when we really start to lean more into that than we ever have before. Because like I said, we've got FBI agents. Now Hoffman is involved. This is the movie where that gets revealed. Mm -hmm. But Rig... Rig didn't like, deserve it. I'm going to throw it out there just from the get. I know we already talked about it, but it's like the amount of shit that Rig had to do not did not match his crimes. 
No, Rick is probably one of the few people who has to go through these tests who's like actually just a good person who like really <laughs> didn't do anything wrong. Um, like Jeff didn't do anything wrong besides mourn his dead son for too long and like neglect his other child. But Rig really, really, like I said, legitimately, they're just like, hey, let people save themselves. He's a police officer. Is that not his job? <laughs> Is that not what he's supposed to do? I like mean, he takes it too far. Yes. yes. But he's he's already punishing people that did do bad things. Like, yeah, he punches that guy in the face, but that guy is abusing his wife and his daughter. Yeah. It's just like some of the framing for a couple of these trials is just so blatantly silly to me in terms of mm -hmm. morals. Most egregious one for me being they don't save lady being scalped. Otherwise, she will try and kill you. Like, come on, bro. Or right. even our ending one of just don't go into the room. What? Like, like of course, of course, there is there is two sides to that where people in the room could have been a little bit more forthcoming in trying to stop Riggs from entering the room. There were other options there, but yeah. like for that to be to be the reason why somebody's head gets destroyed by giant blocks of ice, I just feel like it's a bit excessive. It's a bit much. Also, like the thing with the scalping. Yeah, it was literally like, you just don't save her because she couldn't save herself. The combination, the lock was like on the back. So how was she supposed to get herself out? There was no way for her. I don't, I truly, every time I rewatch that, I'm like, I don't know that she could have saved herself from this trap. Mm -hmm. So he literally was just supposed to stand there and watch her get scalped and go. And oh. huh, I learned something, learned something new today. That's crazy to me. But, um... This is one, yeah. I mean, this one is not my favorite. I will say some of the transitions of shots in this film are very cool. I honestly think the filmmaking of this one is maybe the most, I don't want to say experimental, but successful for me and the way that they did some of these transitions because it's like honestly seamless. And I think that that element of it is very cool. I just don't truly understand Riggs' game because... At one point, he is told to go back home. And it's like he got pushed through this whole game. And then it's like, oh, never mind. The game's over. I do wonder if he was maybe being tested to potentially be an accomplice. But I also think it's weird that he's just able to walk the streets. That's something that else doesn't happen elsewhere is that he literally goes to different locations and like mm -hmm. just continues on with the, the test and never mentions anything to anybody and never checks up on his wife. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of elements of it that I'm, when you think about it too much, it's just a very convoluted test. And I don't quite know the point of it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, do with that what you will. True. And again, <laughs> for me, like I said at the top, this is around the, where in the franchise, I just was starting to check out um, for, I feel like four and five for me are both the most forgettable ones just in terms mm -hmm. of like things that happen. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's mostly just because like you were saying, we start diving deeper into the police stuff, which I don't mind. I I'm of the camp of people that like the detective aspect of saw like that was interesting to me for the first couple of movies. My issue is when it becomes Hoffman time because <laughs> I am not a Hoffman You're fan. You're not a Hoffman, yeah. Do not Which like I, him. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> I honestly, I the Hoffman era is is it's not my favorite either. But yeah, I guess that leads us into five, which is when, like I said, we get the reveal at the end of four that Hoffman is also an accomplice. So that like really leads us into the Hoffman show. Yeah. So Saw Five, this one, noticing a trend here, came out 2008. However, different director on this one. We had David Hackle uh, directing this one, but we still have the same writers in Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan. And this film is kind of split up into two more heavily than a lot of the other ones are, where we have, once again, the detective story. We now know that Hoffman's involved. However, we have the character of Strom, who's kind of catching wind that it might be Hoffman and there we got this back and forth between them about whether or not he's going to figure out if Hoffman's the accomplice and then what he's going to do about that. While mm-hmm. simultaneously, we have a trap game going where we have a group of people who all wake up together, another group game where they have a series of different trials that seemingly need them to be tr- to, to betray each other. Um, but later on, it gets revealed that they were all honestly supposed to be working as a team to get through this to make it easier on themselves. And the whole movie kind of just culminates in Strom figuring out that Hoffman is, in fact, the guy. He is the new Jigsaw, and he attempts to stop him. However, he uh, decides not to listen to the full tape like a dum-dum and gets (laughs) crushed by some walls while Hoffman very smugly smiles his way down into the depths. The fact that literally the next sentence in the recording was what he needed to do and he just stopped it right before that is comical. It is. It's laughable. Silly. That is the most convenient plot device I have seen in this franchise so far. That is ridiculous to me. Like, why would you even record that part? Why? Mm -hmm. Like, why would you make that a part of this particular trial? Hey, your your game here is to listen to the end of this tape. That's it. Like, come on now. Okay, but you know better. Also, I watched both four and five with um some friends. And one of my friends had the hardest time telling the difference between Strom and Hoffman. <laughs> like, she was like, These, this is the same person. And especially in four, when you have Strom and Hoffman and Trevor, the guy whose mouth was sewed shut. Uh-huh. It was like, these three men same person and so just something to say i don't think i can tell the difference (laughs) but it was something that she was like i literally don't know who's who um yeah this one is so the beginning of this movie i like the this trap the pendulum uh trap is really cool and we once again have this idea of like the apprentices using jigsaw as a way to do what they want yeah or like, it's kind of like a scapegoat a, yeah um now granted hoffman did this before being recruited by jigsaw but still used jigsaw as an excuse to kill this man who killed his sister yeah um but the 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 strength of five to me once again is the game i agree like hoffman the hoffman strom cat and mouse uh, to me is not interesting i don't like it <laughs> I, I i think it's just because we're watching nah. strom put these pieces together and it's just i don't know i don't enjoy watching him put the pieces together knowing who hoffman 
all with us already knowing that it's Hoffman. And the hard thing about it, I think the thing about Hoffman that's kind of hard to swallow is Hoffman becomes sort of invincible and it's kind of annoying to watch that unravel because he's so far ahead of everyone within these films and so it just feels different and like at the same time like jigsaw was right like john was so i don't know why it's more upsetting when it's Hoffman, but I just think that's because John to me was a character that I, w- I was fascinated by. Hoffman is a character that I'm just like, goodbye. You're pissing me off consistently. Yeah. Hoffman. But like the thing with John though is like he was getting away with stuff, and like there was a level of invincibility to him, but there was also mm-hmm. that vulnerability with his medical condition and whatnot. And like, yeah, even with in Saw to him getting quote unquote caught by the by the police officers like for a while there you're like oh snap the jig is up for this guy right um and it's like he gets away with it but not without getting his ass absolutely handed to him by matthews Mm -hmm. um like there is a level of like yeah he's gonna get away with it in the end but he's not necessarily invincible where on the flip side hoffman at times feels genuinely untouchable like you cannot stop him I will also say, like, so something that happened in the last movie is we got to see John's very first trap, which he used on Cecil, and it was jank. Like, it broke apart. It went completely wrong. It was a very much uh, like, oh, this is a beginner trap. He threw something together, and, like, it worked to a certain degree and then fell apart. And I always thought that that was really cool to kind of see the beginning of Jigsaw and see what he grew to. Tell me why Hoffman just has a full-on fucking pendulum trap (laughs) that is the very first thing that he's ever done and um, goes off without a hitch. And, like, I don't know. There's just, from the get-go, there's just something about Hoffman that's very, very, I am invincible. And I think that that isn't as fun for me to watch. Um, But, like I said, the best thing about the fifth one to me is the the trap because once again it's a group trap the traps themselves are just okay i just think that the element of it where it's very clear i think it's very obvious that this group is meant to work together Mm -hmm. but i like the feeling that that's so outside of their nature that they assume they're supposed to betray each other yeah and it's something that we'll see more i like we'll see again but i think in this one this is the first time that we kind of get that idea of like yeah if you guys had worked together you would have been fine mm-hmm. and i always thought i always think that that's like fun to rewatch it and see all of the ways that they could have just helped each other and yeah. everything would have been fine no absolutely i like that part i love and i love that twist and the first time i watched it i honestly didn't pick it up like mm-hmm. i was kind of along for the ride so when that reveal happened i likewise was like oh shit y'all yeah. fucked up <laughs> um but the fl- the other flip side to that too though and another reason why this movie's on the forgettable side for me is the fact that it's just again so disconnected from everything that's happening with the hoffman strom situation like i really disliked that outside of you know finding the remnants of this test later on these are just kind of like two parallel stories happening Mm -hmm. with each other that's not fun to me like 
again, for stuff that I go to the franchise for, I love seeing how these things are interconnected and intertwined. And I feel like five very egregiously had them separated until it was convenient to put them together again. Yes. Like even in four, we find out that four, the events of four are happening at the same time as Jeff's game from Mm -hmm. three. So like even that element is fun when we see it all come together in the end for this one, that doesn't happen. Like there's another detective that just, um, finds our get like the uh two people who have still who are still alive he like finds them at the very end of the game but hoffman and strom are still separate from the game that's going on yeah so yeah i mean uh strom is kind of a g in the very beginning that's cool with the tracheotomy thing yeah um that was smart that was good on him mm -hmm. and like for how much i hate the ending of this movie I will say watching him get crushed is still pretty brutal. It's it's yeah, it's a cool it's a cool image. But yeah, the way that it happens is just really funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that's going to take us into Saw 6, which came out in 2009, directed by Kevin Grutert in his directorial debut um, because he had edited prior films. But this is like his first time directing. Um, and this one was written by Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan. So Saw 6 is, once again, we have a group group test. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's a combination. It's a group test and a single person test. Yeah. Uh, so although we have a lot of people involved in it, we still have one main person who is kind of the leader of the test and has to help people through their traps. Um, while this is all happening, we have Hoffman who is fucking unstoppable now. <laughs> he True is Terminator. Jason uh, now post when Jason posts like him coming back to life where nobody can kill him. He's got the um, mask. He's, he's good to go. That is Hoffman now, which like is so annoying. Honestly, I feel like this is kind of... Mm, that's not true. Saw 3D is Hoffman at his worst. But this is like we're reaching the height of this is getting ridiculous. Mm-hmm. However, the game of this one is so good for me that it outweighs what I dislike about Hoffman in this film. That And that is, I mean, when we had our conversation, that's one of the points that we differed on where for me, six was so this outside of, um, I think, perhaps jigsaw and spiral like this is the one that took me the longest to watch and like i had seen bits and pieces of it before but like i just never had an interest in the base story of like this insurance guy Mm. and like his firm like that just never compelled me enough to actually sit down and watch the movie and when i finally did like i will give you that there are some Cool. There are some cool traps in this one, and like the overall game itself is like interesting to watch, and it is interesting to watch this guy go through all of his different trials and tribulations, and like the decisions that he has to make. Mm-hmm. But this is again another situation where we have people that yes were kind of involved in the thing that this man is being tested about, but did not deserve the fates with which they had Mm. to receive. I will say this is the only movie, though, where that works for me. Mm, Only because I think the only reason that that is the case in this movie is because, unfortunately for these people, 
they are being used as examples in a greater game because the whole point that like they're the whole thing that there are that jigsaw because once again like uh all of these games are were pre <laughs> pre-planned by jigsaw and now hoffman is just like making sure they play out so this was a game that jigsaw put together mm-hmm. but i think what is like for easton he has to learn that there really is no way to choose who lives or dies when you're just dealing with regular people like that's what he does not know like does not get Mm -hmm. and that's what he has to realize so i do think that that's part of the reason why some of like the people that are chosen are honestly people who didn't do anything wrong but now he has to decide despite that who deserves to live because really the only person like the like the um the lawyer like she was much more of a like directly involved yeah and and even all of um the people that live on the live the people that work underneath him um like they were still just doing their jobs they're doing a shitty thing but they were just doing their jobs but yeah it's like the janitor (laughs) who smoked cigarettes like he didn't deserve to die the guy that just like is a lone wolf (laughs) he didn't deserve (laughs) to die neither did the lady that was probably gonna have diabetes and like had a whole family like none of them deserved to die but he was forced to make those decisions and that was what was his greater game was to realize like oh shit yeah I guess I shouldn't be making decisions about whether people deserve to live or not just because they might get diabetes in five years or just because like, you know, they don't have the means to afford this procedure or what have you. Because I feel like this is one of the few times where the person who is going through the trap actually learns from it. I feel like by the time Easton reaches the end, like he has realized that he's that this is a fucked up situation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's the one of the times where he's actually like, oh shit, like he he gets it. Yeah. Like he's he sees that he fucked up. And if he got out of this situation, he would probably be a very different person. But guess um, what? He doesn't, because at the end, not even his choice. Which I yeah. like I can see both sides of that. For me, it was kind of a, a slap in the face for that exact reason where it's like, okay, we finally after a couple runs of just people either kind of wrongfully being maybe not wrongfully is the wrong word here but Mm -hmm. but several instances of people kind of going through their trials and not learning anything and then having somebody who actually learns something but once they reach the end it doesn't even matter you're still gonna die yeah yeah it's not it's not my favorite but like that's fair also there is some sort of um i guess nice symmetry there where it's like okay where you're making these decisions about whether or not mm-hmm. these people get to live now the final one is somebody else doing that for you there there is some there is something there that i could like i could enjoy sure mm-hmm. but the other part of this again talking about the elephant in the room here in hoffman um one we got this man now just straight up killing other police officers and fbi Dude. and getting away with it also we introduced this idea of the retcon of like why Amanda actually killed Lynn in the third film. And like all, all of that gets introduced in this one and I'm just not here for it. I'm sorry, dude. That is not the retcon that I wanted nor needed. It's, it's starting to be a little bit exhausting. We don't need everything to be like, and then they did this. 
And when they walked in the room to sneeze, <laughs> actually, like Jill was in the corner and they saw her. It's like, yeah. okay. And I mean, it's cool. Like it's when you like pull out for the bigger picture, it is kind of a cool like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. But it's starting to get so far that it completely changes so many things. Yeah, aspects about the other ones where it's like it would be different if it was fully pre-planned. You know what I mean? Where it's like, all right, we thought 10 movies ahead and we're going to mm -hmm. trickle in these plot points throughout these 10 movies. It tries its best to like pretend that it did that but we all collectively know that's not what happened they well maybe i don't know it's still patrick melton and they've been writing these last few however many <laughs> fair maybe for their for their section it was but like they didn't have a a hand in that decision for three so it's like to retcon mm -hmm. that i feel like is one of those ways where they're trying to include it but Maybe it just didn't work for me. I don't know. I just it was one of it was one of those changes that it met like it made sense, sure, but I just wasn't a big fan of it. Um, yeah. And it's also the movie where we started to explore more of the whole Jill Hoffman relationship, which missed me with that. I just I yeah. one I didn't really care about it all that much, but then like this whole put him in the bear trap, have him survive it, which you know. I give it to him. He got mm. out of that one. He thought outside the box and managed to get out of that shit. Like, I give it to him. Fine. But I just, I get pissed off with what happens in the next movie. It, it I, really irritates me. Roping Jill into the situation felt very strange to me. I don't know why she would have been the one to do that to Hoffman, especially when we find out what we find out in the next one, which leads us into Saw 3D, which was supposed to be the final chapter. If only it was. If only. <laughs> First of all, I'm looking at this poster and it's preposterous. It's like a giant John and they're like putting him together. He's like, and when I say giant, he's like taller than skyscrapers and they're like welding him together. It's so like, silly. Like he's a Barbie doll. It's crazy to me. Um, this one was once again directed by Kevin Grutert and mm -hmm. written by Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan. This one was 3D, as I said. Um, this one, this one reintroduces. We lost the plot. But yeah, continue, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's wild. This one re reintroduces Gordon. Uh, he survived at the end of the day, and in this one we follow bobby who is a liar and a scam artist who mm -hmm. says that he was put into a jigsaw trap when he actually wasn't and so he is now being put through the game and then we are also following hoffman as he now has to kill every police officer who in works existence. in this town <laughs> to make sure that he doesn't get caught and so that he could also get revenge on jill who tried to kill him in the last movie um so yeah something we kind of talked about touched about touch on a little bit is in the last movie there yeah there is a scene that's actually done as ridiculous that is as it is i do like the scene where they like mod remodulate the voice and realize that it's hoffman's voice and right when it happens he has to attack them in that one it's a little bit more believable because there's only three people in the room he gets to jump on one of them mm -hmm. he gets the other one and then like he takes perez out who hadn't died and was back in the last oh yeah movie. we didn't even mention that one of like yeah. the perez fake out that happened yeah which ultimately she, amounted to nothing because she still died so yeah she gets stabbed a million times the main thing that perez lets 
Hoffman know is she's like, we're on to you. Like, we've been on to you. Relax. You're not as good as you think you are, which kind of shakes him up. But the main thing that Hoffman's trying to do in this movie is he's trying to get revenge on Jill because she tried to kill him in the last movie. And he takes out an entire police department. It's insane. To do it. <laughs> it's so insane. Uh, now, granted, watching the sequence is fun. That's that's one of the few things I will give Saw 3D is like, it's ridiculous that he takes out that entire police force. But watching him do it is entertaining mm. for me. Well, and it's like also while he's doing this, there's also a whole nother test going on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like he he rigs up a machine gun like a turret gun <laughs> a and turret just fucking gun. takes out like a bunch of police officers after they find his his lair. It's stuff like that that is really crazy. This one though, this bitch, I will never understand. There's been some crazy shit in these movies to me. Bobby's wife. Getting, getting roasted the in the brazen bull? bull for being a loving and caring wife who had no idea that her husband was lying. That is egregious. Uh, that is worst one, one in the franchise, that I will, right? It's the worst. It's the meanest one because her death is horrifying. She never had a chance to save herself. It was all reliant on Bobby and the lie that he told. And they knew that man's pecs weren't going to hold him up. <laughs> and they made him do it anyway. And like, why... Everybody else who got tested knew Bobby was lying, except for her. She She truly believed him. She stuck by him through everything. She loved him. She was cheering him on the whole time. She's fucking confused. She's like, why am I here? Because your husband's a liar. Therefore, you have to cook and we're going to watch your skin (laughs) fall off while it happens. It's one of the worst deaths because it's not quick and it's no. not painless. Mm-mm. And another one that looks so dope un- though. It's terrible. It looks great. It's horrifying. But it happens to one of the sweetest people and one <laughs> of the most innocent because this is not even a situation where it's like, oh, well, she knew he was shitty. As far as she knew, she was in a great marriage with a survivor. <laughs> <laughs> and then she finds out right before she not only that but right before she dies she finds out that it's all been a lie (laughs) her whole life (laughs) she got done so dirty and it's so unfortunate it it sucks it really does suck and then also for me personally i think it sucks that jill is the person who finally takes the reverse bear trap yeah it just like i why like why (laughs) her of everybody who's been putting that thing why is it jill that Mm -hmm. takes it it's like i think part of the insult to the injury there is the fact that hoffman gets to do it because he's already gotten two fucking movies of getting away with everything and then he just decides you know what i win and puts her in there and we have to just sit there and watch her get sprung in half it's it, it it irritates me every it's, single time. Every it's single time. It's upsetting. And you know what else? So Gordon, we find out that not Gordon was an apprentice too. I'm tired. <laughs> so I'm tired of these apprentices just popping up out of the woodwork. But Gordon's been working with John the whole time, which explains why there's so many things that they were able to do medically that 
and we're done well. And I actually think that makes yeah, sense. I like that part. Like, I don't like that we have more apprentices, but I like that explanation for how yeah. they did that stuff. I, I mean, I will say what the fuck happened to your family, <laughs> Gordon, True. but okay, whatever. Do what you need to do. But um, the issue I have is because we find out at the end, he takes out Hoffman. Gordon is the one who gets rid of Hoffman once and for all, locks him in the bathroom. And I guess he had a clause in his contract where if anyone were to harm Jill, Gordon was to take immediate action. So why the fuck did you wait until after her face was torn in half to do that? You knew Hoffman was after Jill. You've been new. He literally waits until Jill's jaw is unhinged (laughs) until Hoffman destroys all of the evidence. And then as Hoffman is walking out to start his new life, I guess, then Gordon attacks him. That's his dramatic reveal. Yeah, it's it's silly. Again, at this point, we have fully lost the plot and we're just really trying to kind of wrap things up in the best way that we can. The other big downside of this one is it's happening during the height of 3D season and just none of the 3D age as well. Like it is such a detriment to, I think, a lot of the kills, unfortunately, in in many of these. Granted, the racist getting killed was uh it was a fun sequence mostly it just because fun. of like the mousetrapness of of things and like the yeah. sequence of events watching that unfold was kind of fun that uh, was and and um chester bennington is in it true which true is, which is always RIP legend yes um but yeah they're like again some of the traps outside of the 3d aspect had some cool elements to them but overall this film really fell flat to me. And oh my gosh. Yeah, it's rough. It's honestly so hard to get through. It's fun because it's so stupid, mm-hmm. but like it's just so, such a fall from what the fuck we've been doing. Also, the opening trap being a public trap is crazy to me. Yeah. Just having it in the display window of like a Macy's and just having everybody <laughs> watching it. And one lady tries to break the glass with, with like purse. a briefcase. <laughs> yeah, a briefcase. And then she can't do it. And she goes, oh, well, I just think that that's ridiculous. Yeah. Also, how did you set this up, my guy? Like, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All by yourself. Because at this point in time, Hoffman is presumably working alone, working alone um the fuck (laughs) and like i don't know it's just wild to me but that leads us we have a big gap after finally (laughs) after that one and then it leads us into jigsaw which was kind of like the i don't like the reboot i guess of the franchise yeah bring bringing saw back because you know what the final chapter wasn't final enough for us <laughs> yeah so we get jigsaw in 2017 from the spirit brothers uh this one written by josh solberg and peter goldfinger um so this one is a bit different um and that now we have it's not revealed at the start but it's a little bit of a back and forth timeline wise where mm-hmm. Starts a little bit differently. Like this one starts with like a chase. We got somebody who's got like a trigger and like police forces after him. We got Detective Hall- uh, Halloran and Hunt trying to figure out what's going on here. Basically, what this character sets up is that the jigsaw or jigsaw's back. The games are starting again, and you know, franchise is back, baby. We're here. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets taken out. 
we flash to some five different people who are now part of another group game where they have a series of trials based on things that they've done in their past. It's exploring like who they were, why they're here, and whether or not they can get through this, these traps. Spoiler alert, they can't. Um, mm-hmm. But what's interesting about this one is we do get a Tobin Bell, John Kramer in this one, which is very strange because he's been dead for a very long time. So how does this yeah. work? And it's actually revealed later on that one of the people who was involved in the game that we are seeing did not actually die proceeds to become the new jigsaw in the character of logan and we were actually seeing flashbacks and logan is just recreating that initial game to pay homage to his late master apparently now also logan was the original like og apprentice Apprentice. which is another a story edition that we made Surprise, homies. I was also an apprentice <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this movie, again, as we mentioned before, kind of was a, all right, well, let's try and reboot the franchise, mm-hmm. uh, breathe some life back into it. And although the the jumping back and forth timeline wise was a little wonky and kind of confusing, I didn't hate this one. Um, but it's mostly because there was no more Hoffman and that made me very happy. <laughs> and that was a treat. Yeah, you know, this one, it's a very different like shooting style. I think that a lot of the m- other jigsaws leading up to the final chapter uh, still like tried to really keep that like early 2000s low budget look to them. Um, this one looks like very modern. It looks very sleek. And although it still has like that feeling of a Saw movie, it's like everything because it still has a lower budget, but everything about it just feels much more updated. Um, I agree. I actually enjoy this movie. I like the trap. Um, I think that that is interesting. And the I like that the trap plot is we get a lot of that we get as much of that if not more of that than the police side story Mm -hmm. and that's interesting to me we also are following like the coroners in it and not just like the detectives so that is that is cool the biggest thing that i have with this is a i don't like valerie's character or eleanor eleanor i don't like eleanor's character because i just think she's I just don't understand why she has to be so obsessed with Jigsaw to the point that she re has like remaking models all of, his stuff. of his traps, I even f- a trap that nobody's ever known about before. <laughs> it feels just like a red herring in there just for us right. to like kind of be like, oh, well, this is a potential person because it is very this one. It's kind of hard to figure out who Jigsaw is because of the way we're jumping around in time. Mm-hmm. It makes it, you know, more difficult to kind of track things. But yeah, that character really just felt like it was in there just to add suspicion. Um, my right. biggest I... thing in this one was honestly Logan. It's mm. like a, I don't know. It's just not my favorite. I, I think yeah. I would have preferred, I don't know how they would have done it, but I think I would have just preferred someone else taking up the mantle than trying to once again rewrite the story and have I another agree. apprentice before the other first apprentices that keep getting like pushed back in order 
I agree. I uh, okay. Yeah, I think my biggest thing with Eleanor is that I just don't like that they 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 make her very they play it very like sexually. Like I feel like she's wanting to like have sex with the traps, and mm-hmm. I don't think they need to do that. Um, yes, Logan is another retcon. We Logan is a character that apparently was there the whole time. We, we never fucking saw we never heard about him but apparently he changed jigsaw's perspective even though jigsaw never gave anybody a second chance like that ever again some of these elements are cool in the sense of it makes sense that this is the first trap like him not knowing how much to give to knock someone out he gave him too much and he mm-hmm. didn't wake up and like him them not knowing jigsaw and not being familiar with that i think also there's like a lot of elements of it that feel very much like, oh, this is a mistake that John wouldn't make in the future. Like the having no timed element yeah. is something that he would never do after that. Having kind of no way of really like moving everyone to where they need to be. And so everyone's just kind of wandering around. That's why one like they're almost able to escape. And the fact that it works out, I think, is more just dumb luck than anything else because like there's that time when ryan just so happens to be the one to step on the thing and his leg goes through but like what if that had been somebody else gonna do that like yeah there like there's a level of cunning of course that we just assume that the character has but that's just like prophecy level yeah that's that's just assuming that ryan's gonna be the person and like what was the end trap because the ending like you only had two places like two chains two keys so like what would that have still happened yeah, if like, everybody did you else just assume that everyone else was going to die, die which is you, against your morals but yeah. perhaps the argument for that is he hasn't fully figured out his morals yet you know right and so all of that it's like okay this is clear that this is kind of like a first time thing for him because all of this is stuff that he would have had down pat later mm-hmm. on however i fucking refuse to believe that this is jigsaw's first trap we went from the cecil knife face knives to this and then back to the bathroom trap the bat the, all of the traps in the first movie that feels to me like real first traps. Mm-hmm. you're telling me this bitch set up this blender ass <laughs> trap on his first go around and like all of this was the first time why does billy why is this a yesified version of billy he does not look like that ever again he looks the most (laughs) modern and sleek and technological that he's ever looked and then he said oh let me pull it back this is too much it's just like a lot of elements of it that makes me think this feels more like it was in the middle of jigsaw's progression Mm -hmm. or even between one and two i could believe that but to be before one and then, yeah, to be like, Logan was there the whole time, my beautiful baby boy. Like, give me a break. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a stretch. And like even like the ending with like the reveal and whatnot didn't do too much for me. Granted, mm-hmm. the first time I watched it, I did think he was dead and it was a surprise to see him pop back up. But the the grand scope of it. 
kind of eh. Like yeah. I, I feel like I had more fun in the journey of the movie than mm-hmm. like I how I felt towards the end. So didn't really stick the landing per se, but again, coming off of the Hoffman era, I did enjoy this one for what it was, and <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed that it was something different than what we'd been getting for the past three movies. Yes, and I agree. I think that this movie is really fun. I think that it would have been, yeah, I just think that Logan and how he was involved, uh, yeah, I agree. I think it should have been done better like, I don't think we needed to have another. And I was there the whole time. I think that that was where it lost me, which, to be fair, is the very end of the movie. So I was on board for everything else. But it's like when you think back with that perspective, it's just a lot of it honestly does not make any sense. Nope. But still a fun movie for a return to form. I think that Jigsaw was like a nice jump back into it. Mm -hmm. But then even after Jigsaw, that was 2017, we didn't have another Saw movie until 2021. And even that was Spiral from the Book of Saw. Um, So this was a spinoff of the Saw franchise in the same universe, but a different story. Um, This was directed by Darren Lynn Boozman and written by Josh Stolberg and Peter Goldfinger. So... This one is following Chris Rock, who <laughs> is Detective Banks. And as he tries to figure out who is killing all of these cops, there's a serial killer who's going around and who is taking out cops. And Banks gets put on gets put on the case and is trying to figure out who is behind this before it's too late. And actually, at the beginning of the movie, they think that it's a Jigsaw copycat. So Jigsaw is also known in this in this universe and is dead mm-hmm. in this, by the way. This is like, we're back to chronological. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Spiral is interesting because we really follow the perspective of the cops, which honestly, for me, is my biggest downfall in this film. Right. Is that... This is a full-on detective story, so much so that in the sense of the traps feel like a really backburner-esque element of this film because a lot of this, this whole movie is from Chris Rock's perspective. Mm -hmm. Besides when we cut away every once in a while to move the serial killer aspect forward. But even then, I mean, we get a minute of these traps and then we're back to Chris Rock. Um, I also think that the writing is not my favorite. Very Fair. expository. Also, Chris Rock is cracking jokes <laughs> so much in this movie okay. that don't seem appropriate <laughs> at the time. <laughs> All right. So the thing, the thing with Spiral, right, is... Again, we're kind of on two separate sides of the coin here where the detective aspect of things, this for me, police story wise, is one of the better ones just in terms of like we're exploring something different and just like the corruptness of the cops and like all Mm. of that stuff. That's interesting to me. Plus, around the time when this came out, it kind of was like a little bit worldwide, like on topic, I I suppose. But I, I like Chris Rock, man. I do. I mm-hmm. do. But when we first had this thing announced and I saw him in that trailer, I, I, I simply said, there is no way. And then seeing his performance, 
just solidified that where it's like <laughs> I don't dislike him as an actor. I just don't think this was the role for him. Yeah. It's just like he's doing his best, but it's just so hard to believe him in this role. And I don't know if that's just the separation of Chris Rock as a as who he is and trying to envision him within the fran this franchise and this world. But it's just so distracting having him be the yeah. lead of this one. It feels, you know what it is? It feels like they wrote it for Chris Rock. Mm. Like they wrote the character to the strength of Chris Rock, which, which is him being a comedian. He was kind of like pushing and gunning yeah, for this to get made. So that does make sense. But yeah. So they were like, yeah, be in it. You want to make it so like you want us to make it. You should be in it, which is fine. But like they should have still written the character as if it was being cast like any actor could play it but it feels like they wrote it specifically to be like oh well you're a comedian so like here's a fun little thing that you can do um here talk about how your how his wife is gonna cheat on him but it's like they they did it in such a way where every time he has a conversation i think they meant for it to come out as a natural conversation would flow but instead it feels like stand-up just because of the way that it's delivered the way that it's written it feels like totally like we should be in a separate world than where where we are um yeah and i mean the the, the twist at the end is fine yeah it's but, it's pretty obvious though that's the biggest problem <laughs> well yeah because it's like what the only character that we don't get to watch do their test surprise they're alive it's like of course they are we didn't get to see them yeah die so like it's at this point in the franchise it's safe to assume that they're still alive i guess the bigger twist would be why that they're doing it which yeah. i didn't expect him to be the son of the guy who had gotten killed like i was like okay that that works but then at the same time it's like chris rock's test once again to me is confusing <laughs> if if i was banks i'd have been like i don't know what the fuck you're wanting me to do like i really <laughs> don't understand um the ending of it is a good it's it's like the last minute and what happens to samuel jackson's character i think is a good ending but once again like i said i don't know i'm still unsure if that was meant to be a winnable test right or if he was always just supposed to die like that's something that is not clear to me no yeah agreed and again that is unfortunately something that i feel like got lost along the way after we lost john kramer and just like that what is the rules and regulations of these mm -hmm. games and it's more just about kind of like the spectacle of how intricate or interesting can we make these death traps look right. and feel and operate which I think loses some of the magic of what the original ones did, but does kind of segue into we finally made it the one, the only Saw 10 or Saw X, mm -hmm. which I liked more than I thought I would. I got to be honest. I mm -hmm. was talking a lot of shit. We talked about a little bit in our year in review episode. I was not hyped for this movie at all, but I was a little bit surprised. Um, and I was also a little bit surprised at your feelings about it, Erica. Yeah, I don't like it as much as I thought I would. Which is which is interesting. And now we'll, we'll talk about it here in a second. But just to get the brass tacks out there, uh, Saw X, Saw 10, whatever you want to call it, came out last year, 2023. Um, this one, once again, we have Kevin Grutcher, 
coming back um and josh stolberg and peter goldfinger writing this one um and this one serves as a prequel story showing a little bit well kind of prequel it happens in between one and two i believe Mm -hmm. um but it shows a little bit more of the backstory of john and amanda um john's journey with his cancer and trying to um figure out his medical situation a little bit more um but ultimately he's in mexico so we do have a, a change in location here um, he's going to take some experimental remedies to try and treat his cancer from a group of what seem to be very reputable people, very helpful people. Turns out it's just a big group of con artists who have done this to multiple people before who are, you know, just looking for any shot at a sense of hope. And this naturally pisses John off. Mm-hmm. So he captures all of them, puts them through trials, but he is not alone because we have the returning character of Amanda coming to help him out with this, with all of these trials and games. And overall, I, so one of the reasons why I did enjoy this one, of course, is having Tobin Bell back was just such a breath of fresh air. I, I see a world and like, of course we have several movies without him that, you know, operate and still kind of tell the saw story, but there is something about the heartbeat and life of this franchise Mm -hmm. for me that does revolve around Tobin Bell. And I feel like just having him back, really was just such a such a nice change after so many films without him Mm -hmm. it was huge and you know what he does so successfully in this movie is it's like despite us knowing what the fuck jigsaw is all about he still brings a lot of heart and like emotion yeah to this movie so it's like we don't want to root for him but there is something really endearing, despite us knowing that this is all sham. Yeah. There's still something really endearing about watching him interact with these people. Yeah. Almost give up the craft. Almost. Yeah. He almost hangs up the, the reverse bear trap and says, you know what? Maybe I don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. It's like there's something kind of heartfelt about watching him deal with these people that he perceives are helping him. And like the way that that yeah like seemingly starts to kind of change the way that he feels about people and like how amazing and like even still he's on his side you know he sees that guy trying to steal something earlier this is like the set only the second time that we've had sort of like a dream or imaginary sequence the first time was jill getting her shit rocked (laughs) um and then this time when we get to see like a full trap sequence that is just kind of like a daydream for him but yeah, it's like he it's a, it's just a different side of him that we don't normally get to see. Yeah. And it was interesting to watch that. And like Tobin Bell is so good at it. Yeah. And so that to me, honestly, the first half of this movie, I was like, oh, this is really, really like I was really in it. And that's not to say that I wasn't still when they got captured and when all of that, when he was like, I'm Jigsaw, bitch. Like I was still in it. But I don't know what it is about this movie. It's just like something about it is just not. I don't know. And I don't know if my expectations were too high. It's like there's just something missing for me in it. Which I think is fair. And like, again, it could be a circumstance of like where we were at the franchise at the time seeing Saw X. Perhaps Mm -hmm. like they had different effects on us. But after we've like briefly discussed this movie, I do think that you kind of brought me back down to earth with some of the realities of this movie. Because I like Saw X, but Saw X is not perfect. Um, And I do think for me, the first half of the movie, although arguably the slower portion of the movie is more my favorite because when we get to watch this look into the life and evolution of John, 
But mm-hmm. also, I kind of really enjoy getting the full setup for why all of these people are in the trap right yeah. at the beginning rather than have it get sprinkled in throughout the course of the game. I Something about that format of just separating it being like, show these people being absolutely the shittiest people on the planet and then putting them in the traps, that really worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that that was really good. And like outside of the exploding hand, which was an okay trap, the the buzzsaw trap that yeah, homegirl has to go the, through. Like, razor wire. The razor mm-hmm. wire one, brutal and such a good it one. Was- and like, great it's a great one and i haven't like squirmed during a saw movie like that in a little bit so that was really really dope Mm -hmm. outside of that the rest of the traps although like kind of creative were also pretty tame um when i like look back and really think about it like the brain surgery one just doesn't seem very fair the radiation whatever and then blood seesaw eh like the the setup for getting all the people there was fun, but I feel like the payoff after the the razor wire sequence wasn't my favorite. This is like one of the first times where I was watching this and I was like, damn, all these people really deserve to live because they were fucking fighting. Yeah. And like that to me was really fun because we don't always get to see that where people legitimately go through with their traps Mm -hmm. and then aren't really able to successfully do it but get so close yeah which and i I liked that it's like haven't brought it up the rest of the episode but it is something that bothers me throughout this entire franchise the time limits and the addition of the time limits it's ridiculous like one how does he come up with these arbitrary time limits he does. He obviously doesn't do the activity himself. So how mm-hmm. does he know how long is an appropriate amount of time to give somebody to complete this task? Not to like conceptualize doing it, but to physically do all the steps you want them to do. How yeah. do you know they can do that shit in two minutes? It's not possible. And like, I feel like they should get an extra minute added on just for them to fucking at least... They just woke up. Like, at least give them a second to clear their minds and be like, okay, okay, I got to do this. Ex- yeah, because some of these tests, there's no way that they can successfully, like the one from uh, 3D where he has to, like, traverse that whole room to get to bring the key to his friend. Mm-hmm. How was he supposed to do that <laughs> in that amount of time? It's just some of that's like, that dude, be serious. And this is one of those instances where, like, they get so close, but honestly, the only thing that fucks them up is they have to wait for these machines to to like collect the sample size yeah. and stuff like that. Where it just felt unfair. Like a lot <laughs> of the traps just felt really unfair, unfair in a in a distracting way. Where it's like mm-hmm. clearly these people can't do this, so this doesn't feel like it's in line with things. And also, maybe there are different different opinions on this, but like I was having a hard time with Amanda in this one. Not not. The performance of Amanda, it was the writing of that character that really irritated me. It's weird, dude. Honestly, that was one of my biggest issues of this movie. It took me all the way out because I was like the Chris Rockification of (laughs) Shawnee Smith. Why is Amanda cracking jokes? And like she here's and I feel like there's going to be an argument of, oh, well, this is Amanda before like saw too so we're seeing her in a different no because we see amanda 
throughout this franchise, we get flashbacks of Amanda. And, who and she even is. in Saw, the first Saw, she's a very specific type of person. Now, reasonably, she maybe is excited to be working with John. And like maybe she, she's excited to be doing this test. And like this is her first time and she still has hope for human race and blah, blah, blah. blah. Even still, this feels like a completely different person than I am have seen Amanda be at all. And it's so out of place. The way that she's acting, it feels so childlike in a way. And it's like the way that she's cracking jokes and goofing around. Who is this? Yeah. I literally have no idea who this person is. And it feels really, really off in tone from the rest of the movie i could see her being compassionate still and like yeah that, that's we've the thing seen is like that the, before the, the second half of her like af, like after she gets initially introduced has her whole stand-up bit and then has to actually like go through the rest of this stuff i feel mm -hmm. like the character does ground herself later on but that introduction those first couple of scenes with her the character did feel very off it was kind of, it was like pissing me off. I just felt like <laughs> she really just felt like a totally different person. And we've seen Amanda have this compassion. And, you know, we saw it when she killed Adam, like, like killed him to get him out of his misery. We've seen her grapple with this situation before. But in this way, just felt ridiculous to me, considering what was happening in this world and like what they were dealing with. I would have been so irritated. I would have fired. If I was John, I would have been like, you can't fucking do this anymore. Like, I can't work with you anymore because you're pissing me off. Yeah. And like, the, I also feel like they like put like a filter kind of on Johnny Smith's face. Because to be <laughs> fair, I mean, it's been like, like almost 20 years since the first saw. And like, I feel like they were, you know, they had to make her look similar to how she looks. And like, they had to do something, you know. But it's more distracting to me that way. And yeah, I don't know. There's just something about Amanda that really rubbed me. The, I've always enjoyed Amanda as a character. Mm -hmm. I've always thought out of all of the apprentices, she was my, like, she to me was the best and the most complex. Mm -hmm. And what the fuckery is this? I just couldn't, <laughs> I don't recognize this girl. That's not my Amanda. Yeah, it was it was really like when she hopped on the scene, it was less like a oh, that's Amanda, and it was more like, is that Amanda? I was is like, like oh. was the feeling that I got. Um, but again, yeah. for me, like the first half of her character arc bugged me. Later on, in the movie honestly didn't bother me as much. The my biggest issue towards the end is how we handled the Cecilia section and all of that. I could see it potentially just like it ends the way it does because like everything happens and then she ends up just getting kind of like stuck in a situation at the end. But we don't see her die. Um, presumably she's going to get out of there alive. Um, and for me, it just feels very much like, a OK, we need this character for later installments now that we know that there's going to be more pa past Saw 10. Um, we need this character for later. So that's why we're saving her here. But that ending felt so strange not even story-wise but just character-wise for john and amanda because like sure they won in the end but cecilia didn't learn shit like yeah, there was no I lesson assumed, learned for her i assume she would just die there i don't think so i i like 
nah, because I, 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 at least for me, I feel like if that character was going to die, we would have watched her die. Leaving it open ended that she might die there, I think mm-hmm. for me in the Stockholm syndrome amount of time I've spent with this franchise tells me that we need her for later and we just don't want to kill her off yet. I guess, but also at the same time, I'm like, where the fuck is she going to pop up? She has been gone <laughs> for the remainder of the timeline. Right. John's dead. And she lives in, who knows, on the run now, I guess. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> but I mean, like, if they were going to do something like continue post, like, similarly to Spiral, where it's like, all right, we're far in the future, that character being presumably still alive allows them her to interact still with whatever future the franchise goes and if we decide to keep going pushing forward in time um Mm -hmm. if the character doesn't die it gives them an opportunity to pop back up we saw it with gordon and i would not be surprised if we saw it again later on in this franchise i guess i just assume they were trying to play on like a hoffman adam situation where it's like okay they're locked in this place now and they're never gonna leave um but yeah i don't know it's like i I really don't i still honestly i don't know what it is about this movie but it was like i just couldn't get into it It, as much as i was expecting and i can't quite place my finger on what it is about it but there's just something about it that by the end of it i wasn't upset by any means but i was just more so I don't know. I just feel like I'm missing something because everyone so hype about is it. <laughs> loving it so much and like I'm ranking it so high. And I just felt like I missed like I was missing something, but I just didn't have as much. F- I, I recognize that it's a good movie and mm-hmm. honestly, it's a better movie than a lot of the movies out of this franchise that I enjoy. And I like ranked shittier movies higher than this one. But I just think that it's because I at least still really enjoy those movies. And that's not to say I didn't enjoy this one, but I did leave this movie kind of wanting. Fair. Yeah. I mean, I feel you. For me, I think overall, and like I've only seen it, honestly, the one time in theaters, but from that first watch, I did feel like the movie started off very strong for me Mm -hmm. and started to lose steam the longer it went along. Still kept me for the entire ride, but for me, the beginning portion first half of this movie was notably stronger than the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I agree. I, I, like I said, I enjoyed the setup to it a lot. And then, and this is also one of the only movies that we have that's like this, where it's set up, set up, set up, set up full game after yeah. that. So maybe that also threw me off, like the structure of things. Yeah, maybe it ain't the same. It's something different. It's different. And I like that they did do something different. I did appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I, I do want to revisit this one and, and kind of see how I feel after a second rewatch. But as of right now, it's 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 a good movie, but I feel kind of indifferent towards it. And I don't. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> well, you know, we are all entitled to our opinions. And for me, it's just kind of funny to be on the other side yeah. of the saw coin and be like, nah, this movie rocks. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. But 
actually speaking of that i guess that kind of brings us to our final ranking yeah we made it y'all we made it this is a big boy but there's a lot this is a big franchise Mm -hmm. this franchise has so much in it and we finally after much discussion reached a definitive ranking for the homies um for the saw franchise so coming in at number 10 this should honestly be no surprise We've got Saw 3D. Yep. Very easy for us to place. And also one of the ones we both, we didn't even have to talk about. I was like, yeah, Yeah. no, it's the worst one. Yeah. (laughs) Then after that, at number nine, we had Saw 5. Followed in number eight by Saw 9, a.k.a. Spiral. Which then is followed at number seven by Saw 4. And number six, we have Jigsaw or Saw 8. Number five, we got Saw 6. Number four, we've got Saw 10. Number three, we conveniently have Saw 3. Number two, we have Saw. Because our number one for us, the homies, was in fact Saw number two. It was our favorite of the Saws and one we didn't even have to discuss. We just both have Mm -hmm. that as our number one. Yeah, our number one and our number two were exactly the same. And then our number 10 was exactly the same. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, like I said, top and bottom, we were pretty much sold on. It was all that middle stuff that we had to figure out. Um, But, yeah, as I like I said, with Roshane and my powers combined, this is the ranking that we have come up with. I would be interested to hear how you homies would rank the Saw series. Um, Are we pretty close to what you have or are we very different? I would love to hear from you. You can always let us know on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer to email us, you can at homiesofhorror at gmail.com. And you can always slip into our Discord to talk a little bit more in depth with not only us, but other homies. The link for that is in our social media bios. Also, in our social media bios, you can find the link for our Twitch. Twitch is where we play spooky games, hang out with the homies, have some drinks, have some laughs. We'd love to see you there. So if you'd like to find us, then go ahead and follow us on Twitch to be notified whenever we go live. And last but never least, if you are so inclined, we'd very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. The more we get, the better. Recommends our show to more listeners. And we just like to hear what you homies are thinking of the show. Over on Spotify, you can rate us by simply clicking the stars underneath our name. But thank you, homies, so much for hanging out for us through this ginormous episode where we talked about every single Saw movie. Thank you for playing a game with us. And we will be back next Monday with probably just a singular movie. (laughs) Catch you next time, homies. Bye.